This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Deja McLean. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, this episode of The Journal will make you a bit hungry or at least whet your appetite for the opportunities available through the culinary program at Central Carolina Community College. Now, we've highlighted aspects of this program in past episodes, but this serving will highlight the main courser, I mean full course, of offerings available with culinary throughout the entire college system. Our Mellow Hughes had a chance to sit with Chef Regina Minter, the department chair. So pull up a chair and feast on the delicious conversation that's about to be served. Anyway, I thank you for, for, uh, for agreeing to meet with us and do this interview. Absolutely. Did you have any difficulty about being here? No. Finding schedule? Yeah. All right. Found it good and ready to explore and, you know, tell the people about what we're doing in the culinary department. Yeah, it's really fun from what I've been there. Yes. So where did your love of food come from? Um, I would say it began um, when I was probably around nine or ten, um, just kind of helping my grandmother in the um, kitchen cooking um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, cakes, ham, turkey, all the fixings that goes along with it. Um, and plus, I like to eat, so um, I don't know many people who don't. Um, some people like to eat more than they like to cook it, so I was kind of on the even side and liking both. So, um, But mostly coming from my grandmother and just kind of watching her cook over the years. Yeah, I've had a similar experience. I grew up in the household where cooking was a big deal whenever I went to my my grandparents house I always helped same with well my everyday life with my mother and father yeah I totally get that yes absolutely and it's it's a very good skill for um, I think everybody to have um, a life skill of cooking even if you're just cooking for yourself but I enjoy mostly cooking for other people yeah my grandmother always said that uh, words make war but pies make peace there you go yeah pies are a way to bring people together absolutely and food in general I think brings a lot of people together um even if you're maybe mad at somebody, you know, you take your little piece offering of a pie or your cake or your best dish and, you know, everything gets settled that way and everybody's happy afterwards. So, And how did that lead into a career for you? So after, you know, kind of watching my grandmother cook and helping her in the kitchen, um, when I entered high school in um, 1999, I saw that they had the culinary classes. I wasn't quite in the, you know, high enough grade to take culinary at the time. So I took the team living class. Um, which encountered some of the culinary skills and the basics. So in my 10th grade year, I was able to sign up for culinary, and they had just gotten a new culinary instructor um, by the name of Chef Ham. I entered the class, loved it, learned a lot, and just grew from there, from all the experience that I already had, you know, just cooking with my grandmother in the kitchen at home and just expressing um, who I was through food. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty easy transition you made during your personal life and your career. Yes. So so to you, what, what does it really mean to be a chef, like to you personally, as opposed to being like a regular cook? So to me, being a chef is somebody who is passionate about food because you don't have to be passionate about food to cook it. But when you're a chef, you have more passion and you take more 
interest and um, responsibility in what you're making and making it sure that it is appealing to the eye um, for other people who are going to be, you know, taking part in eating that. Um, because the first thing people do is we eat with our eyes first. So if it looks good, pretty sure it's going to taste good. So people who are in our profession, I would say a chef will be somebody who is passionate about cooking and has the education behind them as well. And knowing, you know, the different terminologies um, of the culinary field. Yeah, I was interpreted as the difference being a cook just knows how to follow the directions while a chef can do it all on their own without any rules to keep track of. Right. Like, for example, I, I would say I'm above average, but I, I still like to go uh, services, you know, those meal kit delivery services. Yes. Yeah, and the uh, the recipe cards are pretty cool. Yeah. I would say, too, on those lines, um, a cook being able to follow instructions. Um, once you become a chef, I think um, it just comes natural. And, you know, regardless of the environment you're in or um, what ingredients you may have, you can come up with something out of nothing, um, pretty much. So what can students expect to learn here? Are they going to learn how to do it on their own without any recipes or what kind? Um, yes, we always start students off with recipes just to get them familiar with, um, you know, terminology, proper measurements and things like that. Students will also learn how to use equipment in the kitchen, uh, whether it be a combi oven or uh, a regular convection oven using, I would say, food service grade equipment, um, not necessarily what you have at home. Um, using that professional equipment in food service, I would say also um, just learning the overall culture of food and the different aspects that it encounters, whether it's French, Asian, Jamaican, African American foods, African foods. Um, so we try to expose our students to all of those also while giving them the option to explore healthier versions of food and also I would say like a sustainable and making sure that we're giving back to the earth that is providing food for us. Right, I get it. Like it kind of reminds me of the phrase uh, farm to table includes stuff like you need to keep producing stuff for your farm. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing that we have on our campus in Chatham. We have a farm that is run by our sustainable agriculture students. And um, they provide some vegetables and produce for us throughout the year. And then in turn, we compost for them and they put it back into the soil. Yeah, that sounds like a good uh, symbiotic relationship with the earth. Yes, absolutely. Is that what you mean when you say it's green and sustainable? It's just like a never-ending cycle? Um, yes. Producing. We also do a lot of practicing of um, providing um, local meats as well. So we do source out in Chatham um, local farmers who produce um, poultry, lamb, pork, and beef. And we use those products in our um, Natural Chef Cafe to service our community. So we do open up our cafe to the public. And that gives um, an opportunity to let the community know what farms are out there producing this local product. They can partake in that as well. Yeah, I do remember when when I was back in Dunn. Yeah, it really gave me an experience on what it was like to work in a restaurant, even though it was like a small one. Yes, absolutely, and that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is um, giving the students that real life experience um, and the hustle and bustle in a food service operation. Um, because sometimes it can get very hectic um, in the kitchen and making sure that you're getting orders out and customers are happy and you know just getting the experience of. Taking the order, making the order, and then seeing the guests happy after they finish the order. So, 
Yeah, it's really not that hard once you get used to it. You get used to the environment and uh, your coworkers. Yes, absolutely. And it's a, more like a, a repetition. The only thing that's different with us is our menu changes constantly in each cafe. So there's not always the same menu each and every time. So there's a little bit of a variation of what technique you may be using that day or that week. Um, but for the most part, it gives you a real live simulation of what the restaurant would be like. Yeah, and it's the same thing throughout the board. Like, uh, I do remember doing the catering and working the food truck. And yeah, it's it's more or less the same thing as just the cafe. It's not that hard. Yes. And um, we offer the food truck in um, Harnett County. We have a catering food truck class that is offered in Harnett, which is in Dunn, and in Lee County um, on our Sanford main campus. We do operate it only on campuses, so um, we'll take it to um, Littleton, to um, Harnett, Maine, and we'll take it maybe out to CWI, um, which is a part of the college. And recently we've been to their emergency training um, facility that we have here on the college. We don't do any outside events unless it's something that's kind of like community-based or an opportunity for us to kind of showcase what we have here at the college. So, What about after school? Like, What can people expect with life after graduation? So I would say after graduation, um, students can expect to obtain a job, an uh, entry-level job in the food service industry. Um, the more experience you have, the higher you can start in you know, the food service industry. But most people um, coming straight out of school with no experience will be able to get an entry-level job of like a prep cook or um, maybe a line cook. Yeah, I am aware that there are a lot of different jobs, not just really the culinary, but just throughout the, the market. You don't really need a degree to pursue any the dreams. Absolutely. Um, not necessary to have the degree, but it is a good beneficial thing to have because if you have a degree then they know you have training behind you they know that when you come into the kitchen if they say julianne this carrot you would know exactly what a julianne would be and you know the normal person off the street would come in and they would say julianne carrot they may not even know what a julianne cut was i get it the terminology like mirepoix and brine yeah i do understand that absolutely how has the food service industry changed in the past several years with covid and inflation um, I would say it has changed a lot because we're not really doing food service the way we used to. Um, there's a lot of um, businesses that are going to strictly take out um, just because of what COVID did when they shut down everything and you kind of you had to stay home, restricted to home. Um, and people were just kind of delivering food to your door or you would just go through the drive through and pick it up if they offered that. And um, there wasn't a lot of seating because we weren't able to be close to each other and six feet apart. It's kind of hard to be six feet apart in the restaurant. And plus, when you're eating, you can't have a mask on and eat at the same time. <laughs> so that um, kind of put a damper on a lot of stuff as well. But there are a lot of businesses that had to kind of, you know, switch what they were doing there um, every day operation and think of something new to make sure that they survive the pandemic and they're pretty much doing a good job at that yeah i've heard something uh, similar so some places are saying that the take uh, doing pure takeout is much better because you don't have to pay for stuff like uh, wait staff or overhead lights or just the room is that true right um and you know wait staff they don't make a whole lot but they um are a big factor in the restaurant. And if you can eliminate that and just kind of have people and, you know, still make good quality food and just have people come pick it up and maybe reheat it at home or um, even, you know, come by and 
get takeout and just maybe if you have patio seating, you can have them sit outside where there's more open space for people to be able to um, practice the social distancing. Um, but I think that, you know, this brought up a good concept for a lot of people or restaurants to understand that I can do business a different way and still make the same amount of money that I was making um, in the beginning. And I think it kind of took a lot of pressure off chefs as well um, and not have to work such long hours. Um, because when you're only doing to go, you can get in there, prep up a bunch of stuff and, you know, open to eight and be done for the day um, because everybody's getting takeout. Um, when you have people come in who sit down, it's usually going to be a little an hour or an hour and a half that they're going to sit there um, and partake in whatever, you know, conversation or food that they're going to have. So um, I think it's opened the eyes of chefs as well and owners that. You know, I don't necessarily have to be open to 12 o'clock midnight in order to make money. Yeah, and even when the, the world out there is getting bad, people still need to eat, so there's always going to be a demand for that. A absolutely. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be a field that will die down. Um, people, are, regardless of um, the economy and how much people are making, they always find money to go out to eat, um, whether it's takeout or dine-in. Yeah, or whether it's a celebration or just uh, just because. Yes, absolutely. So what are some examples of some extraordinary student dish creations you've seen, some of your favorites? Um, I would say recently here we had um, a fall recruitment um, event in Chatham, and we had four students, um, a student from each county, who um, kind of did like a cook-off against each other, so... Um, the secret ingredient was a sweet potato, so they had to come up with a dish that revolved around sweet potato. And um, the student who won the cook-off between the other students um, competed against myself. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think the student made a stir-fry using um, the sweet potato in the rice to flavor the rice. And um, it was a good, I thought it was a very unique way to present sweet potato um, because in my experience over the years sweet potatoes are usually like a southern thing but she took it in an Asian inspired um, way and created something that was really good yeah I can attest to that I can definitely admit there are some foods that I don't like but I'm not picky if I if it's prepared a certain way I I would eat it like yes. Sweet potatoes is one of the vegetables I do not like, but I do like it in sweet potato casserole and in a pie. Yes. And have any of those students or students in general become successful in their own lives in terms of alumni? Um, yes, we have. Um, actually, right now we have two students who are, are actually instructors now here at the college. Um, they took the two-year associate's degree um, and then applied to the college, and so they're now teaching um, our students and one is just a recent graduate um, within the past year and the other has been a graduate probably in the past four years right yeah I remember on the first day of class of the culinary class we uh, we talked about stuff we could do and some of them did look glamorous even if it's not really related to food like a photographer for food or just work elsewhere Yes, there's a lot of different aspects in, uh, or jobs that you can obtain. Um, like you said, uh, a photographer, food photographer, um, they make very good money. You just kind of take pictures of food. But um, that person could also be the person that's preparing the food and making it look really nice before they take the pictures. 
Um, you can go work in cruise ships um, and, you know, be a chef on a cruise ship. You can be a personal chef for maybe somebody like the president or um, a famous person, basketball star, football star, um, or go work at Disney um, and be a chef where there's always going to be, you know, a laugh or, you know, laughter, fun things to do. And um, but there's a lot of different opportunities um, for chefs and in general in the food service industry. Any upcoming events we can expect on campus or any of the three? Um, yes, we'll have a culinary showcase, which is a opportunity for our students to kind of showcase their skills. So each student is going to go out and we'll be right out front in front of our um, library and the Welcome Center where the students will kind of showcase their meal um, of a tasting. So it's going to be like a bite-sized um, tasting. But um, whoever comes and participates as far as eating will get to taste 15 plus different dishes and um, just kind of enjoy and talk to the students about, you know, their experience here at the college and what their plans are for the future. I, I remember that from last year. I remember I made a pigs and blanket. Oh, yes. Yes, um, and, and it gets um, students excited because they get to kind of use their skills and come up with, you know, dishes that they've always maybe dreamed of making um, or a dish that they're, they've been making so long and everybody's always like, that's so good, you should do this, and that's so good. So now they have the opportunity to ed, um, make that food and, you know, share it with the um, our clients who may you know show up. Um, usually we have a lot of students here and faculty from the college who participate in this event. Um, we usually have about 100 people show up. This year I think we're going to be expecting well over 100 because we have um, two high schools who are coming, um, one from Hornet and one from here in Lee that are bringing at least 40 students apiece. So that's, that's already almost our 100 people. So we're looking to um, continue growing each and every year. So yeah, that's good. I'm getting more students. I always did find the best part of that showcase was uh, meeting the new people and seeing the smiles on their faces. Yes, and it gives our students an opportunity to um, from the different campuses um, when we don't get to interact with each other. Um, so there may be some students that are on the Dunn campus that haven't met the students that are on the Lee campus or the Chatham campus. So it gives our students an opportunity to um, kind of network together as well and introduce themselves to their um, fellow classmates. In the beginning, you previously said that uh, people first eat with their eyes. Tell me more about the uh, like the presentation, because I do understand in, in this current day and age, everyone is a critic. Uh, people are going to take pictures of your food and post it on social media. Um, absolutely. So um, when you are preparing food, you have to think about how it looks. Bright colors attract people's attention. Pretty things or, you know, but also familiar things. And um, some people are intrigued by unfamiliar things that they may not have seen, um, such as something like, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Dippin' Dots ice cream, where it's ice cream that is um, flash frozen nitrogen, um, liquid nitrogen. And it's really just ice cream. It's just in a different form, but it, it's something different than the normal. So when when we are presenting plates and um, preparing plates for service, the one thing that we always relate to our students is to make sure you have color. A plate with just brown on it doesn't look appealing. 
throw some red, some green, some yellows, something that catches somebody's attention from maybe across the room. Also using height in food, making sure that not everything is laying flat on the plate, gives some elevation to the food, and it makes things stick out a little bit more on the plate. Like, for instance, if you had mashed potatoes, grilled chicken, and green beans, maybe kind of elevate your, you know, grilled chicken on top of your mashed potatoes because that's going to give a little bit more pop, and people are going to notice that a little bit more than, you know, if it was just laying flat on the plate beside the mashed potatoes. And that green from the green beans is going to give them that color that they're looking for that kind of catches the eye as well. I get it. How can that play a factor in uh, the curriculum versus continuing education? Um, so with our curriculum students, we give them a lot more of the particulars. Um, not that the Con Ed students don't get that as well, but we focus more on that because a lot of our curriculum students are students who are planning on going into the field. We have very few um, continuing education students who are planning on going into field into the field. Most of those students are just maybe interested in learning how to make soup or something or um, learning how to cut up vegetables um, or learning maybe Asian cookery. Um, But we do have students who we pair with our curriculum and continuing education. We do a dual enrollment where students who maybe can't afford or don't have financial aid can still take um, the same classes that our curriculum students are taking and get the same information and the same education as our curriculum students. Yeah, it sounds like a fair system in a way. Yes. And and like I said, the continuing education is something here at the college where it's kind of like I want to explore more so than I want to make it a career. But like I said, with the dual enrollment that gives the students the opportunity to also get that, oh, maybe I can make this a career, even though I want it to explore, because they're getting the same education and the same um, lectures, the same books um, as the curriculum students. And I would say the ideal student, you know, for the curriculum side of our program would be mostly um, a lot of um, high school or recent high school graduates who are coming in and kind of figuring out what they want to do with their life. And I would say our continuing education students would be more like people who have retired and they're just trying to find something to fill their day and they love food or interested in food. Yeah, and one thing I did notice in, in both my semesters taking the culinary, every I was the only uh, young person. Everyone else was already had uh, grandchildren. Yeah. So I did take note of that. I was yes. only young. And, and, and there's um, a lot more older people who are switching careers. Um, maybe they were an accountant or something before, you know, during the pandemic, they had a lot of time to spend at home and rethink, well, do I really want to be an accountant again, you know, when it's time to open back the world? Um, so they started watching, I'm sure, Food Network, and that kind of struck their interest. And they said, oh, well, let me take some culinary classes and see what I can turn this into. And it's the simple things that sometimes that make people change their career path. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, just a change that's needed because they're just tired of whatever industry they're in. And I would say you have to be passionate about this industry because one, it is very hard, um, very strenuous, long hours, takes away a lot of time out of your day. Um, sometimes you're going to work to 12 or 1, um, just depending on where you work. If it's a place where that, that has a bar, then you're going to work a little bit longer because usually bars stay open a little longer than typical restaurants who don't serve alcohol. If you decide to be an entrepreneur, Entrepreneur, you're going to have a lot of time that you're going to spend in your business just to make sure that it is ran the way you want it to be ran and that it's going to be successful as you want it to be. Yeah, it does seem uh, the value you put into it is the value you got out of it. Like if it's something you enjoy doing, of course, you're going to enjoy it more than others. Absolutely. And having a passion for whatever.
whatever you like and taking that and making it your career, I think is the best way to go with any career field that anybody may choose because you can make money anywhere, but to stay somewhere takes passion and especially when it's hard work. You also get just because you started late doesn't mean you didn't make it. The Colonel started KFC at 65 and now he's he was became really successful in this late stage. How, how would you encourage the the average listener out there to get, make those steps as soon as possible to ensure a future? I would say um, if you have a passion or a fire burning in you, I would say go for it. We're here. We have three counties that we're located in. So we serve Hornet, Lee, as well as Chatham. So there's an opportunity to take classes in all three. The first step, I would say, is to sign up, put in your application here at the college. And um, then let's meet together and kind of discuss what the next steps will be as far as taking the classes and where you want to take this career, whether it's going to be a certificate in culinary or an associate's degree in culinary. Um, we have both. A certificate is a little bit shorter than the associate's degree. Associate's degree is the two-year degree, and our certificate is um, a two-semester degree or two-semester certificate. Um, to reach me, you can reach me at my office number at 919-718-7510, or you can reach out to my administrative assistant, Tanasha Murchison, at 919-545-8051. Please leave a message, or if not, email is the next best way to get in contact with me at rmentor at cccc.edu. The Culinary and Hospitality Arts Program at Central Carolina Community College has both curriculum and continuing education components. With the convenience of being able to begin taking classes in either the fall or the spring, details on all of the offerings available can be found online at www.cccc.edu forward slash culinary arts. Their phone number is 919-718-7510 and they can be found on Facebook at CC Culinary Institute. That's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. To hear past episodes, visit www.883wuaw.com forward slash ccj or search wuaw on your favorite podcast app. If you want to listen to this episode again, simply search for episode 23-9. And if you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8830 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation of Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations, 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. I'm Deja McLean, and thanks for listening.